Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Welcome to I'm Absolutely Fine, the podcast from the mid-alt that looks at all the glamour and indignity of being a grown-up. So, picture the scene. You're on your commute. You have listened to every single episode of I'm Absolutely Fine. You're bored of Instagram, terrified of TikTok, but you want glamour, news, gossip, a recipe, the sort of interiors porn that will seduce you with the sofa and to dive into that, if only I had that, honey-coloured rectory in Somerset fantasy. You want The Week, Grazia, New York Magazine, The Guardian, Living Etc, House and Garden, World of Interiors, Vanity Fair, National Geographic, BBC Good Food. You want it all and you want it now. Well, now you can have it. You can have all of these things on your phone with the Readly app. It's like Spotify for magazines and newspapers, and it's amazing. Yeah, we're big fans of Readly. You have unlimited access. Your subscription can spill over onto five other devices, which means you can share with friends and family. It's really easy to use, and it's instant. I used to subscribe by post, I mean, (laughs) to New York Magazine, and it would arrive two weeks late. Now, whoosh. So you can bookmark the boots, bed linen, or the burrata, and you can do it all on your phone. Oh, I feel a bit weepy now. I know. That's why we are delighted that Readly are sponsoring this podcast. And they're offering I'm Absolutely Fine listeners a free two-month trial. Go to readly.com forward slash midult. That's R-E-A-D-L-Y dot com forward slash midult. Read it all with Readly. Hi, I'm Annabelle and I'm absolutely fine, but, 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 but... Keen listeners will hear that there's a lot of clanking and drilling interference on this recording because the people next door are renovating. Emily, ever the optimist, thinks that you won't be able to hear it. I think you will be able to hear it. I'm so angry about the renovation because it is dusty and it is noisy and I'm jealous. You've got renovation envy, renov envy. That doesn't work. I know. Um, I tried. Uh, I'm also absolutely fine, but it's my birthday. Happy birthday. My birthday. And um, my father died on my birthday years ago. And I always think it's fine. You know, it's fine. And then it always takes me by surprise when I start feeling a bit odd and a bit vulnerable and a bit combustible and a bit, uh, I don't know, off balance about a week before my birthday. And, um, you know, losing people is a funny thing. Birthdays are strange things. And that's where I am today. How are you, Em? It's a horrible then, actually. Loss and birthday. I know, but it's also quite a convenient excuse not to be, you know, Miss Dolly Sunbeam on my birthday. Also true. Or ever. Yes. Because actually, and it's a brilliant way of, like, silencing anyone who might even just be remotely about to, like, sing you happy birthday or whatever. Yes, how disrespectful. (laughs) (laughs) Just like, like, you couldn't ever organise for Annabelle to have, like, a restaurant sing for her because she would be, would you be mortified? A restaurant sing-along? Yeah. Well, as with everything with my horrible personality, I'd be mortified if you did and I'd be mortified if you didn't. Oh, dear. Now, uh, I'm Emily. I'm absolutely fine. And this summer I fretted quite a lot about what the pandemic has done to 
some of my friendships. Um, As in, what friendships do I have left, right? <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. And also, yeah, all the people I love who I now, now it's normal to see once a year. And in COVID times, over that two-year period, that once a year felt like a sort of triumph. Now that we're sort of, the pandemic is over, et cetera. So anyway, I spent... Failure. In, yeah, exactly. Failure. We're staring failure. in the face of yet more failure. Failure, failure. Anyway, so I spent the summer thinking, right, this is it. I'm going to, September, October, I'm going to put in loads of dinners with people I really love, like one-on-ones, like proper time spent with people that I that I really care about and I've done two and I'm now exhausted well <laughs> you know really bad it's because your your social battery has died <laughs> the battery's died the battery's died <laughs> it's dead I think that's the latest excuse slash label slash diagnosis for why we're so tired all the time and why we can hardly bear to see anyone isn't it it's this concept of the social battery and its level of charge is being posited as the reason why sometimes we're extrovert and sometimes we feel like we just need to lie in a darkened room for a year. Yeah, and I think within this, you know, we need to recognise that there are things that are big drainers. The big drainers. (laughs) The big drain. I mean, sometimes we, you know, plan to plug ourselves enthusiastically into a sensational dinner, but... I mean, rarely. uh, I love the way that can roll off your tongue. Plug ourselves enthusiastically into a sensational dinner. What you mean is be able to leave the house, pretend to be a fully functioning human woman and hold a conversation, Yes, correct? I know, but yes, the effort yes. of that, yes. of getting dressed, leaving the house in your normal functioning human woman, fully functioning human woman suit, or not suit, but, you know, like... Maybe suit. A nice top. <laughs> anyway, has left us at 0.1%. Yeah, so, do you know, trying to get dressed is one of the main things that stops me being able to go out. I mean, that's so depressing, right? There was a time just after the COVID of which you speak. When I tried to get dressed and I knew I had to look nice, I would physically shake. Really? Yeah. See, I think that's, yeah. Anyway, it's very distressing. But yes, just the effort of getting dressed has left us at 0.1%. And then you spend the whole dinner, like, on low battery mode. Low battery, yeah. And if you're on low battery mode, then you feel like you've let yourself down. Yeah. So you wake up in the middle of the night, as usual, worried about having been boring. Or even more worryingly, you can't really remember. I get this. My, uh, my evenings go into a kind of blur if I ever go out often. And it's not because of tequila, or not often anymore. It's because I couldn't handle it. So I sort of zoned out and just thought about pretty things. Or, I don't know, thought about terrible things, but wasn't in any way in the room, really. No, exactly. And, you know, you all know how we feel about being in the moment or being in the present or whatever. Anyway, so imagine, okay, just for a second, if you could walk around with a social battery power pack, like a portable charger. And what would that look like? And then we started thinking about what kind of battery we would need. Because, (laughs) yeah, think of all the batteries we have known. Oh, my God. We've known a few. (laughs) Seasoned. Been around the battery block once or twice. Um, Could be that we were like one of those early mobile phones, like a a massive car battery. (laughs) You know, because, okay, so let's say this this is the beginning of this concept. So we could start it with a, a brick battery, just like we started with a brick, well, someone started with a like brick car mobile phone in a briefcase scenario maybe this social battery is also, battery is also attached to a car maybe it's like a kind of battery colostomy bag or, <laughs> or or sort of very expensive battery dialysis machine that you could wheel around after you um, or like a battery backpack like yes to go into my yes yes huge and unwieldy and awkward and can only really be 
brought out in incredibly challenging situations, like an HR meeting or when someone says, we need to talk. Or dinner with your most competitive WhatsApp group that you were too scared to cancel. I never do those dinners. <laughs> I mute the WhatsApp groups. I can't cope with that. I get so shy on WhatsApp groups. Um, can we talk for a minute about those tiny, I find very sinister, silver disc batteries? Oh my God, they're so sinister. Yeah, I mean, listen, they, nonetheless, they might come in handy, even though they, they do scare us. I know. Let's just discuss these tiny ones for a moment, because, you know, you mean the ones that you used to put in the Donkey Kong? Donkey Kong? <laughs> Donkey Kong? Donkey Kong? How, why am I mispronouncing that? You, you never sounded more sort of like, like 1950s posh. <laughs> Donkey Kong. Donkey Kong. It's like my friend's mum who says salad cream and Mars bar. Donkey Kong. Donkey Kong. Salad cream. Better. Okay. Anyway, Donkey Kong. Um, yes, like the ones you used to put in your Donkey Kong. And that are so fiddly. Donkey Kong really sounds, suddenly, <laughs> Donkey Kong suddenly sounds rude. I No, I feel like we're talking about porn now. I know. Uh, oh, God, you know, those silver disc, disc things, which you're right, they're so sinister. And they're so fiddly and flippy and they roll across the floor and they send everybody into a blind panic. That's yeah, because we all know that if ingested... They are basically the deadliest thing to do They like they're, they're so deadly. They sort of. We've, I remember being told they, you know, like never let a baby near one. A toddler, you, you know, under lock and key, because they'll dissolve its internal organs and explode your intestines. And I mean, I now feel all, they are almost certainly nuclear active in some way. <laughs> It's always such a disappointment when you realise that you even need to use one of these. No, I know. I, I find them really stressful because you know that you can't get that. And also, just speaking of, can we just like pause for a moment and discuss all the things we were told would be fatal to us in the 70s and 80s? And it wasn't, let's face it, the safest of times in terms of like drink driving and no health and safety anywhere. And yet... And yet we were all really worried about quicksand. Quicksand. Eating chewing gum. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And growing trees in our stomachs if we ate an apple core. Anyway, maybe these terrifying, awful, little, tiny disc battery things will be just the thing for social battery leaking. You know, when it's sort of <laughs> seeping out of you slowly. Obviously, we worry about battery leakage and, and, and all leakage. So maybe we could, we could tuck one of these into our bras. You know, like those apple tag things. Yeah, but that would be mad because obviously death. Right? It, it, yeah, it would be mad. But, you know, I like the idea of just, you know, a slow infusing of battery power that isn't cocaine. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God. Oh, my God. What about a pound shop battery? Yeah, they seem like a good idea at the time. Right? You're like, oh, we've all gone to the pound shop and got super excited and bought loads of batteries called Dyracell. Yeah. Dyracell. Thinking that we've saved ourselves a fortune. And they last a minute. Yeah, and then, and then you play, like, genuinely kind of traumatic battery roulette with these batteries, where you've got your new batteries, but it's completely imperative you keep the old ones separate from the new ones, and you become hysterical. <laughs> and you're screaming at the <laughs> child slash friends, like whoever you, you know, you're, you're screaming, you're screaming, keep them separate! <laughs> then you take your eye off the battery ball for just a nanosecond, you look away, and then no one can remember which were the full ones and which are the empty ones. And then you have to do this impossible logic game of moving them around to try and get the right combination. I mean, it's not, but you just end up throwing them all away, and it's a disaster. I mean, the draw is full. The drawer of death is full of batteries. No one knows if they're working or not working. 
Why aren't there those things like many years ago where you could actually like test if you're like a machine that you could test if your battery was still? Yeah, it went. It was like green light, red light. That was it. Oh my god! And And it would tell you how full your battery. Do you think? And it would supposedly recharge your battery. I mean, pound shop batteries. Pound shop. I'm a big pound shop fan, but I feel like pound shop batteries are triumph of hope over experience. (laughs) Bit like having a cup of coffee. After tea time, you think you found the answer, but it's just all going to end in disaster. Okay, let's forget any kind of, like, pack situation. Exactly. Let's charge ourselves in a different way with... A random cable that we just boldly plug into any socket if we need it. No, 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 no. Not a socket. Imagine being so ballsy that you could just turn up somewhere and plug your cable into another person. (laughs) And suck the juice out of their battery, like a battery vampire. And you'd be saying, share, you bastards. You just told me you sleep like a fucking baby. Well, this is the price you pay. We'd be like an electric car, but more interesting. Big cable energy. <laughs> I mean, this does slightly feel like a dystopian drama, but I mean, so is the world at the moment. I know, my goodness. We're sort of living in the belief that one day we will be fully charged again right laboring under the belief that one day we'll get it right and we'll just be able to exist as fully charged people what then annabelle we've talked though haven't we about how so many of us feel like a before picture um you know a few weeks ago on the podcast we talked to alex light about how the patriarchy in the fashion world and diet culture and social media and you know our mothers men have all conspired to make us believe, like really believe. So to the core of our beings, it takes a lot of unbelieving to undo this. Really believe that if we were thinner or taller or curvier, mostly thinner, our lives would just bowl along merrily and our paths would be scattered with sunbeams and our hearts would be full of love and our relationships would be sorted and every leak, actual and metaphorical, would be fixed. And this is, of course, toxic nonsense and makes us ill. But I suppose when you ask what then, I wonder if we're living our emotional and our spiritual lives in the same vein. So are we running on the promise of once I deal with my depression, social anxiety, lack of faith, irritability, horrible personality, then it will be all over for you motherfuckers. (laughs) Once I entirely internally transform myself, I shall become so powerful and meaningful that the world had better watch out. Except the world won't need to watch out because I shall also be serene and beneficent and only good things will come from my big Big cable cable. energy. Exactly. This is, of course, also nonsense. But once we've accepted that beyond looking after ourselves, uh, you know, in a sane way and seeking solace in nutritious places, we are who and what we are. Well, what then? You know, if you, for example, Emily, finally actually managed to unwind... Ha ha. What then? It's all very well seeking enlightenment and a certain stillness and equilibrium and meaningful connection. But what then? What do we do with our newfound wholeheartedness? Because, you know, the trouble is, it sounds a bit exhausting. We're so used now to disassociative Netflix watching. If I, he- if I actually heal myself, what then? I get to fulfill my ambitions. Great, you know. Uh, Really? Yeah, I, I always wanted to, you know, there's, I've got a renovation envy because of next door. I always wanted to do up a house. But if I ever managed to save up and do it, which is unlikely, what then? 
Will I manage it? I'm single. What if a man suddenly appears and it all works? What then? Blended families? Jesus, do I have energy for the then? You know, are, I, I, I tell you what's worrying me is, are we all so stuck in the familiar discomfort of, I wish it were now, but I'm not quite good enough, so it will have to be then, that then has become almost as remote as never. Yeah. I know, it does feel a bit like a tyranny, the tyranny of what then. And if then means never, then what does everything else mean? I mean, fuck knows. I mean, everything has to go through a translator, doesn't it? (laughs) Anyway, yes, absolutely. I don't think that we have lost the power of directness for shame. Do you think Google Translate would be able to demystify, say, someone saying, oh, hello, Uh, I didn't see you there. (laughs) Yeah, because we all know what that means. What's that mean? That actually means I have failed to avoid you. Yes, it's my, (laughs) more failure on my part. I really thought I'd get out of this room without having to speak to you. I tried everything. The looking at my phone intently, the making a pretend intense call in which I signal what I'm doing by nodding, the looking into the distance. That really, you know, when you're trying to avoid someone, so you look into the, the other direction in a really like end of rom-com kind of way. Yes, so you're doing very complicated maths. Yes. yes, but also, yes, but I, I, yes, 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 I know exactly what you mean. Very complicated math. Very complicated, but you failed. Obviously, at the complicated maths and the avoiding. Obviously. <laughs> okay, I've got another one. Yeah, go on. Okay, how would you translate, oh, wise translator, shall we have dinner soon? Shall we have dinner soon? Well, everyone knows that, don't they? I mean, that's easy. <laughs> Do you think that's like a... Yeah, that's, that's basic. That's, I will leave the country permanently before that actually happens. <laughs> um, you do not mean, shall we have dinner soon at all? <laughs> you are only saying this to be polite. And, and, and you purposefully sounded vague, even though you wanted me to believe that it wasn't your intention to sound vague. You didn't say, I'm free a week on Tuesday, did you? No, you don't follow it up with an actual... No, like, no, because statement. you are hoping that it was the perfect balance of interest and also deflection. Basically, by saying that you've just kicked me into the long grass. <laughs> and the plan, hopefully. Yeah, and yeah. the plan. Sorry. <laughs> well, you know, when you're trying to make that plan and, uh, and, and someone says, uh, oh, if that's what you fancy, then fine. <laughs> that's what you fancy. That basically translates as, are you insane? Yeah, this is the worst plan I've ever, ever heard of and I cannot think of anything that I would like to do less. And not only that but I will hold you to your stupid idea for the rest of your life. Yeah, I mean, I might even change your name to Fish Taco Friday on my phone so I can always be reminded of the time you fancied fish tacos and ruined my evening because it was not (laughs) what I had in mind. But if that's what you fancy, you pathetic asshole. You think I left the house for (laughs) fish tacos? Okay, how about, oh, I might see you there. (laughs) <laughs> yeah, I might see you there. Yeah, I might pop down later. Yes, yeah, exactly. Yeah. There's not a snowball's chance in hell that I'm coming, is there? Gravity itself couldn't pull me there. No, you'll explode the laws of physics in order to not be there. <laughs> I like this one. I, this is very English. When someone says to you, um, uh, I do this. When someone says to you, someone says, how are you? And you go, you, you're, not, you're neither going to say fine and just deflect it completely, nor are you going to, you just go, oh, I've had a bit of a day. Oof. Which means I've just had the most intensely terrible experience of my life. I mean, I feel like I'm being chased by wolves right yes, now. exactly that. But I'm not going to share the fact <laughs> that the wolves are at the door. I'm not. I'm not. So let's just talk about... We're just going to talk about the weather. <laughs> oh, 
much safer. Although, safer and easier. Yeah. yeah. Um, how about if someone says to you, come on, it'll be fun. Uh, yeah, this happens to me sometimes because <laughs> of the darkness. I think if someone says, come on, it'll be fun. What they're really doing is trying to remind you of the concept of fun. <laughs> Do you think? Because so they think that your soul is calcifying because you've forgotten fun. So they're trying to save you? Well, yes. They, I, I always find it aggressive because, of course, I've forgotten what fun is. Someone says, come and it'll be fun. I feel like it's an attack. But they are trying to save you. But also, you also know that you don't really know how you feel about these people because you also know that it will not be fun. It, no, you, you, this, is, this, is a, this is a given. It will not be fun. It will not be fun, right? If anyone says, come on, it will be fun, it, it won't be. It's like someone says, this is hilarious. <laughs> it won't be. <laughs> Listeners, Adam said that with such, like, certainty on her face, like... It's like someone says, I'm really loyal. No, you're not. You're not to be trusted. Loyal people don't say they're loyal. I'm a very spiritual person. Shallow. <laughs> I'm extremely complicated. Stupid. <laughs> don't like self-declaring. It pisses me off. I don't take life too seriously. Oh, God, that's a deal breaker. That is your worst, isn't yeah. it? Yeah, it is. I think when someone says, uh, you know, I, do, I, I don't take life too seriously and I don't really like people who do, what they mean, really mean is um, if you are in relationship with me as a friend, romantically, um, you know, in terms of business, whatever you're doing with me, um, I don't take things too seriously. So if you do... Um, I'm not going to take responsibility for anything that I have done or anything that occurs. Yeah, I agree. It's callow beyond. Yeah. Yeah. Ooh. Anyway, avoid, avoid, avoid. Okay, another translation, which I think we're all quite familiar with at the moment now, is have you seen the news? Oh, it's good, this. <laughs> because it's quite polite, because it's basically saying, um, I don't want to tell you what's the latest thing in the news in case you are too fragile. I may even be too fragile to talk about it, right? <laughs> But another terrible thing has happened. Uh, we're, we're, we're probably all going to die. I mean, yeah, yeah, this is it. And if, you know, I guess you raise it because if you choose to discuss it with me, then that's fine. But I'm giving you an out. Yeah, exactly. Like, exactly. Because, you know, current affairs is, is, is never a relaxing radio. I mean, <laughs> I know. Well, listen, quite just as we were preparing for the podcast, Annabelle turned around to me and went, have you seen the news? <laughs> Britain braces itself for an Arctic blast. An Arctic blast. I mean, the news. Oh, you know, we read too much news. Someone said to me the other day, read one paper once a day. And Emily and I read everything. And it is not good for your mental health. If we want to read something, this is where we, sh we need to remember that we are very good friends with magazines. Yes, my God. There's not a magazine that we didn't read in the 90s. No magazine unturned. Because magazines generally are a take on what's happening. They're not the news, they're a take on the news. Yeah. So I mean, the filter of, you know, glossy pages. Whatever or... the agenda might be. Yeah. But, um, but, but, I mean, there are certain takes that I would like magazines to cover <laughs> right now. For example, Ooh. headline, keep your expectations low. Uh, how to, how to, how to. Do you remember we were magazine we used to write how to's? How to time. keep your expectations low. Not... How to be a boss in the bedroom and a bitch in the boardroom. Not, uh, you know, how to have it all. Not how to get from the office to the bar. No. Not, you know, find your inner shark. But instead, hey, let's channel our inner panda. Focus on just getting to the finish line rather than being the first over it. Can you imagine someone saying that? 
just then, like crawl yourself yeah. over the finish line. Drag yourself towards <laughs> it. Yeah, you don't even have to make it over the finish line. You could just lie next to it. No, just set your expectation dial to one rather than to 11. No, no, a bit lower, a bit lower. Oh, there you go. Ah, hi. Yeah, we can all hang out together now, just cheerfully preparing for the worst. Okay, so a magazine headline I would really like to see is why you should wear the same thing every day. Why you should wear the same thing every day. I feel relief even hearing you say that, let alone if I opened up a double page spread and there it was. Exactly, because, you know, they, they say clothes the way you tell stories about yourself. They make it the woman, they say. But do you actually, well, woman... how do I get dressed in the morning? I wake up, open my wardrobe, close it again, sit on the bed and... <laughs> It, sulk, cry, panic, but getting dressed is really, really hard. So you're quite right why you should wear the same thing every day. I mean, life would be much simpler if we just had one thing to wear, like Steve Jobs or Mark Zuckerberg. <laughs> like a uniform, not in a military or prisonary way, but, you know, you wore the same pair of Topshop trousers for a year. Yes, I think that was actually depression rather than a uniform uh, style choice. Yes, maybe that's not a good example. Um, you know, but other headlines that I would like to see along this vein, on this sartorial, bad word, vein, is um, why comfortable shoes are the sexiest. <laughs> yes, isn't a spring in your step more seductive than a hobble? <laughs> Discuss. Discuss. Exactly. And we ban the word icon. But also, oh yes, okay, so this, I've got a good one for me, given the situation. With your social battery. With my social battery. Friends, how to avoid them. Yeah. I mean... It's very read me, as we used to say. (laughs) I love my friends. I'm proud of my friendship. I get so much from having my friends. They have seen me through thick and very worryingly thin. Uh, And I used to talk on the phone to them every night for hours. When phones were used for that. Oh my God, maybe I could probably even remember some of their home phone numbers their parents home phone numbers parents anyway i love hearing about their work wins and how much or how little sex they're having but do i want to see them Mm. what you mean actually take off your pajamas and put on outside clothes and go out to dinner do you i do not no you do not do you no okay here's another one delicious dinners how to get someone else to cook them (laughs) yes stop giving us recipes yeah give us recipes for Getting other people to cook. I was about to say recipe. I immediately thought recipe. Give us recipes for disaster. <laughs> that is our life. We don't need that. That's no, everywhere. Exactly. Um, I mean, you know, maybe you think nothing of rustling up a, a quick cacio or pepe and you know that Star Anise is, I mean, you know what Star Anise is. <laughs> <laughs> but, you know, surely with all the breathing and working and like meetings and scheduling and caring and crying and dressing and exercising and drinking water and socialising. Surely we don't have to cook too. I've stopped cooking. I can't. I've, I've resigned. Well, I was never really good at it, so it's fine. But Well, I know, but you live in a house with a vegetarian who doesn't like vegetables, a pure carnivore, and someone who's decided that they're off, what is it, sugar, wheat and dairy? No, that was, that was, that was a very bad month. <laughs> <laughs> okay, another good one that we'd like to see, um, which is probably in keeping with the way that we all feel now. How about how to avoid meetings? Mine is so avoidant, my list. Well, you know, there are four stages, four key stages of career development, beginning with, you know, desperately want to be in the meeting. <laughs> oh my God, I wanted to be in those meetings so much. Oh, I got Press so your nose paranoid. against the glass. As you, as you took the coffee in, you tried to linger and stay. Yeah, yeah, or just walk past loads of times just in case someone went, oh, Emily might have a good idea. Yeah. Literally... 
I wanted to be there so badly. And then when you got into the room, you wanted to run the meeting. Yeah, because then people are like wittering on. You're like, I could just be the person to go, right, move on, whatever. Yeah, and then you realise that's not much fun. So then you, <laughs> then, you, then you want to avoid the meetings. Yeah, I'm sorry, I've got another meeting out, out of not here. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, ultimate success is surely, I'm now going to employ someone to go to the meeting for me. Oh my God, you have to do that happens. Do, do you then have to have a meeting about the meeting? And then is that like better? Yes, you would probably have to have a meeting about the meeting. But maybe at the end of the day, you could have one meeting about the many meetings. Yeah, and you could... And you, get... could, say, you, could, you could say, can we just have a download call? Oh, that's good. See, I'm made for it. Also, yes, you are. Also, you could the person you'd hire to, to go to the meetings for you would be someone who you found really entertaining and brilliant as well. So therefore... Well, so it would be fun. <laughs> Almost like socialising, which, as you know, we love. <laughs> oh, my God, we're moving. Our we're... final headline... Um, Someone, someone should write this. Maybe they already have. Why anxiety is your superpower? Because the thing about anxious people is we are considerate of other people's feelings, you know, by thinking helpful thoughts like everyone hates me and how can I make them like me? <laughs> <laughs> We're very good packers. You know, we pack a ball gown and 24 pairs of pants for a weekend in case of any eventuality. Uh, we never run out of blue paper. We're excellent, excellent planners, you know, because we, we, we worry that it may be rainy or it may be trafficy or it may be hunger-inducing or it may be headachey. Uh, we're on time. Yes. Fashionably late? No, more like anxiously early. Yeah. <laughs> it, 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 it's, it's time anxiety had a rebrand. There's some good, there's some good stuff in there. There is some good stuff in there. By the way, um, I thought I should update you on my I have done nothing wrong mantra. Oh, yes. Yes. It hasn't made any difference yet. <laughs> yes, Emily, Emily, as we decided a few weeks ago that Emily could stand in front of the mirror and say to herself every morning a few times, I have done nothing wrong, I have done nothing wrong. I said to see if she felt less, you know, nameless dread and guilt. Nothing? Nothing. Well, listen, we're going to have to channel this. So maybe, maybe we could take all our anxiety and use it to like power up the electric grid. <laughs> just with the sheer force of our worry. It's true. I mean, you know, some good must come of it. Exactly. Renewable energy. Renewable energy. Yes, giving a renewable energy a whole new look. Um, let us know how you get on this week. DM us. Thank you for listening. We will see you next week. Bye. You've been listening to Annabelle Rivkin and Emily McMeekin of The Middle. Our book, I'm Absolutely Fine, is out now. If you like what you hear, please rate, review and subscribe. This podcast was bravely brought to you by Readly. Read it all with Readly. Hi, my name is Kay Adams, and to be honest, I'm not so good with the aging process, so I enlisted my old chum, the filter-free Cara McKenzie, to advise. Could you imagine being a porn star? The room would need to be really hot for me to strip <laughs> off. To be honest, she's not much help, but she is rather amusing. And along with some great guests, Joe Brand, Andy Oliver, Anton Dubeck, Ruth Langsford, and Craig Revel Horwood, darling, we are learning how to be 60. Listen wherever you get your podcasts.